Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. This week is part two of stress and gut health. And if you haven't listened to part one, I really encourage you to just stop this podcast now. Even though I love you having you here on the Wellness Glow, please stop and go back to the previous episode, part one, because that will set the scene for this episode of the Wellness Glow. And I think listening to them both together will be just a really good big picture of the topic. So I'll see you later if you're going uh, back to listen to part one. So last week I spoke about the stress response and the relaxation response and how they interact with your gut. Now I spoke about it on a fairly basic level, a fairly um, mechanical, I guess, kind of level. And this week, I wanted to talk about the effect of stress on your gut microbiome. Now, the gut microbiome is something that probably you've heard of. It goes by a whole bunch of different names. You may have heard of microbiota. You may have heard of the good and bad bacteria that lives in your gut. It's generally spoken about in a lot of lay press. So I'm going to kind of assume that you that you just know of the gut microbiome as being the balance of good and bad bacteria in the gut. And we need that kept in balance to help our body functioning. And it's really interesting, the evidence in the gut microbiome uh, has kind of grown exponentially um, over the past 10, 12 years, which really isn't a great deal of time in terms of research. Uh, when I used to work in the pharmaceutical industry and I used to go and um, work in the gastroenterology area and we didn't talk much about the microbiome at all. And now it's, it's like the, 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 the master of our health, um, our physical health in terms of the way the body functions, but also our mental health, which we really didn't know this. 10, 12 years ago, and there certainly wasn't a great deal of evidence to support it. But in 2007, I think it was the Human um, Microbiota Project, I think it's called, was launched. You may have heard of the Human Genome Project, and that gave a a huge amount of um, information about the human health and the human body and how the body operates with regard to our DNA. And now this, um, the Human Microbiota Project is all about studying the microbiome, the gut microbiome. So um, the, one of the big things I found really fascinating when I was learning about the gut microbiome is the fact that there are actually more bacteria living in our bodies than we have human cells, which I think is incredible. If you just think about that for a minute, 
in in a way, this is not our microbiome. We are their human, which is kind of crazy. But the, we have loads of bacteria living in us. We have the gut microbiome, but we also have the skin. The skin is covered in bacteria. We have um, a microbiome in the genitalia area. We it's we have bacteria everywhere, and this bacteria helps keep us healthy. It's there for a purpose and it helps keep us healthy. And uh, often there are certain illnesses that we can get that happen when uh, the balance of that good and, back good and bad bacteria get a little bit out of whack. So for example, in the, in the gut, you have um, some strains, you may have heard of some strains called um, lactobacillus and bifidobacterium. You, I think you may have heard of these because they're in yogurt and you hear about it in ads and if you ever look at the labels on your yogurts, you will inevitably see bifidobacterium and lactobacillus. And there are a whole bunch of different um, strains of bacteria that come under each of those umbrellas and there's, there's plenty of others. And you may have also heard of E. coli. E. coli bacteria can be a cause of food poisoning, but in fact, E. coli is considered a beneficial bacteria in our gut. Um, we just don't want to get it in our mouth because then it can make us sick. But if it's down in that lower end of the, the gut, um, it's actually helping. So what we know in terms of the research that's done with regard to stress and the gut microbiome is that stress has a direct impact on our gut microbiome. And uh, it's a fairly complex mechanism. I'm not going to get into the complexities of that. I, for one, am a very visual person. I find it really hard to, do, to explain some of these things without actually having the visual in front of me to show you. And every single one of my clients that has gut issues always sees my, my little um, diagram of the intestines and what a healthy gut looks like and what an unhealthy gut looks like, what an inflamed gut looks like. What we know when the stress response is activated, that you get an increase in uh, what we call pro-inflammatory cytokines. So that's a product of the immune system that gets um, produced when we're under stress. And what that does is it increases the inflammatory response in the body. And uh, I haven't done, I don't think, a podcast on inflammation, but essentially inflammation we also need. Uh, people tend to really associate inflammation now with a negative um, thing. But in fact, we need inflammation. Inflammation helps keep us healthy. It helps fight off um, bad bacteria. When we cut ourselves, for example, you'll get... Um, inflammation around that wound. Maybe you'll see some redness around the wound edges. Uh, that is a part of our inflammatory process to help uh, keep us healthy and healed. And so when we're under stress, we get an increase in these inflammatory chemicals produced, which can lead to a low-grade inflammation happening. And there's this link between, um, uh, you may remember I talked about the gut brain axis last week, there's actually now what they term a microbiota gut brain axis. So they, we, the research has shown that our gut microbiota actually uh, influence this gut brain axis. And 
this happens when we're stressed. We get this increase in the um, pro-inflammatory cytokines, so increased inflammation. And what that can lead is to increased intestinal permeability. Uh, and you may have heard uh, of the term leaky gut, which used to be, I guess, fairly uh, well dismissed by uh, the medical profession. It was something that natural health practitioners talked about a lot. And now we know, in fact, that there is this increased intestinal permeability, which is the medical term for leaky gut, that happens um, in our bodies when we're under stress. And I might actually next week talk about increased intestinal permeability in a little bit more detail. So stay tuned for that one for next week. But what we know now is that when we're under stress, we get this increase in inflammation, right? And what this does is gives us increased intestinal permeability. And what that then allows is for some of our microbiome to actually get out of the gut and into um, our bloodstream, I guess. And that can actually have an effect on our body in not a great way. And there's uh, been found to be a link between um, this increased inflammation and depression. And this, the thinking is because you get this increased intestinal permeability, the microbiome goes where it's not supposed to go, and we get um, behavioral disorders or illnesses like depression and anxiety has also been linked in this way. And there's also some research being done in post-traumatic stress disorder, which shows the similar sorts of things. So we have this impact on our gut microbiome. And in fact, one of where some of the elements of research are focusing on is how to use probiotics to treat people with depression, anxiety, and other mental health um, problems, which I think is amazing. And how awesome would it be if you could treat these illnesses with probiotics and therapy alone and maybe some meditation as well because there's plenty of evidence in meditation, improving mental health, particularly stress, uh, anxiety, depression, and uh, PTSD. So again, that's something I'll address in another episode of The Wellness Glow. Gosh, there's just so much to talk about. Um, I'm really, really passionate about these topics, as you can, you can see, uh, or hear rather. So what I was starting to say before I went off on that little tangent there is that, yeah, the use of probiotics to treat some of these mental illnesses. And in fact, there are probiotics that I'm using currently with my patients that have been researched specifically in anxiety and have shown to reduce anxiety with these really specific strains of probiotics. And I guess I wanted to just be really clear about that. This isn't about going down to the supermarket and grabbing a yogurt or something like that and just getting lots of probiotics or one of those um, uh, probiotic supplements you get from the pharmacy. This is about using really specific, well-researched strains of probiotics in that particular area that you're having a problem with. So for example, the kinds of probiotics we use, when I say the kinds of strains of probiotics that we use when I'm, I'm treating someone with IBS, for example, will be very different to what I'm using when I'm treating somebody with anxiety. And it's really important that you get qualified advice about which strains to use. And the other reason that it's really important to get 
advice from someone who's qualified in the area is because the research changes so quickly and even how we use these probiotics has changed dramatically even in the last couple of years. Like we used to just give the probiotics and now we know we actually need, because of this new research in intestinal permeability, we actually need to help heal and seal the gut first before we start putting the probiotics in. Otherwise we can just be uh, contributing to that problem of the microbiota getting out of the gut and into the body system. Now, I know I'm using very loose language here, and if you're a qualified person, you might be saying, gosh, yeah, that language is a bit loose, but I'm talk I guess I'm aiming this at people that aren't trained in the area. So I'm trying to keep this language as easy to understand as possible. Uh, so I'd really appreciate your feedback. Actually, feel free to, to contact me at hello at susiegarden.com if you'd like have any questions or if you have any feedback for me with regard to that language that I'm using. So yeah, getting back to how we treat people, I do go off on a tangent, don't I, uh, is that yeah, we want to seal and heal the bowel first before we put those probiotics in. And we do that by using herbal medicines or nutritional medicines. Some foods will help as well. But that will really depend on an assessment of your individual case. So I hope you've enjoyed the information that I've um, discussed today. If there's more information you would like on this topic, please let me know so that I can go a little deeper. I've been trying to keep this as top line as possible so that it's really easy to understand and we don't get too bogged down in, in technical terminology. So next week, I'm going to talk about intestinal permeability. So make sure you've subscribed to the Wellness Glow on either Spotify or iTunes so that you know exactly when that episode comes out. So I'm going to talk about the um, signs and symptoms and what you can do about it. Also wanted to let you know that my signature wellness program, the Radiant Health Mentoring, is open for enrollments at the moment. I have just one spot left in this awesome program. If you want to know more, you can uh, email me, susie at susiegarden.com or go to my website, susiegarden.com forward slash Radiant Health Mentoring and check it out. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.